this and why do you have so an obnoxious amount of Christmas <laughs> trees? There's one on the wall. <laughs> There's too many. There's not too many. Christmas threw up in my house because I fucking love Christmas, okay? <laughs> I'm getting a tree, but I'm just getting like a little small one because I kids or anything so i'm not just gonna i'd let you have one of mine but no. I need them. <laughs> yeah. yeah you need them <laughs> i do i could get another one right over there with that gingerbread you man put is one on that you can yeah. put one right in the middle of the tv <laughs> and then you can put one in inside of the dog's crates <laughs> oh wait you got drawers right there put one in each drawer yes yeah. oh and then put one on the ceiling that's like, actually not a bad idea i could probably hang one of the baby ones up upside down oh I was just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't know. It brings me joy. It brings me so much joy. And in, in I feel evenings, like I need to. I turn off like the lights because the love sign turns on, and then like all the trees and everything, and like the lights that are around the room, <laughs> and it's just so pleasant. Like yeah. it just makes me feel good. And this year has been so fucking crazy yeah. that I will take it. <laughs> Get out of that. Okay. okay. Hello, welcome back to When We're Strange. I'm Chris. I'm Dana. Oh, and uh, we're here to tell you some strange tales. It's what we do. What do we have, Chris? So today we're going to be talking about Chow Hayes. He's considered Australia's first gangster. Oh. Yeah. I love Australia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Chow Hayes was strange because, like I said, he was Australia's first gangster. He was in the era of, like, razor gangs. Have you ever heard razor of those? Razor gangs. It, like, sounds familiar, and I, my brain's thinking what it is. <laughs> I feel like part of it is because of me in a TV show, but we will get to that later. Okay. But, yeah, he was in the era of razor gangs, and he still brought a gun to the fight. Always. Oh. Like, that, that so was chow. didn't follow the rules, you know? I mean, obviously not. <laughs> but he did have a really strict code. Like, you think gangsters, kind of whatever, anyone's free game. No. Not for him. Um, people who didn't commit crimes and were just your regular old people. He called them squareheads. Squareheads. So you were not to harm women, children, squareheads. He never committed a sexual assault. Never hurt a woman or child. Um, and he considered anyone who would harm someone who was physically harm someone who was physically inferior to them, like as an amoral person. Mm. He did not find that okay. So he still had a code. Yeah. But, that sounds, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But he he was murdering and robbing and okay. just, you know, <laughs> there it doing is. the thing. <laughs> so a um, little bit of personal information, his background and all that. I got a lot of really cool information from an interview I listened to. It was from, what's his name? Uh, Jack Hoisted. He's called like Jack the Insider. There's a website or whatever. And I'll put a link to that up. But there were like clips of actual like actual audio clips from Chow himself mm -hmm. in there. So it, it was just really cool to listen to. And you got a little bit more of Chow's personality. Anyway, um, Chow Hayes, his actual birth name was John Frederick Chow Hayes. And the only thing I could find anywhere about where the name Chow came from mm -hmm. was in that interview with uh, that Jack guy. Yeah. And it was because he looked slightly Asian during school is what it said. Like, I couldn't, I looked it up everywhere. I couldn't find anything. So it was a bad Yeah, nickname. it was rude. Yeah, a rude nickname that he just like, I'll go ahead and keep this. Thank you. Yeah, but I mean, it, it stuck. He mm -hmm. was just chow from then on out. He was born on September 7th of 1911. So a long time ago. Yeah. Was like, that was when, I mean, a bunch of organized crime stuff started popping mm -hmm. up. You know, three-piece suit, Dana. Yeah. Three-piece suit. <laughs> Um, anyway, he was born in 1911, and his mom was a prostitute. He was like an illegitimate child. She was a prostitute and a thief and just kind of out on the streets. Mm. Which, I mean, that's kind of a bummer yeah. for them, like, <laughs> having to raise a kid and just not having any help. I always hate that, like, because their mom is a sex worker. They get branded, especially older days, yes. so they get branded a certain way, so they get treated a certain way. It's harder for the mom to find actual work because she was, she had to be that. And exactly. It's like, it's like really unfair to the people that have to, you know, have no other choice and that's their only option or they're, they were stuck in that and they can't get out. Yeah. Cause it, <clears throat> I mean, it can be almost impossible mm -hmm. to get out of that. It's hard to climb up whenever like you're so far down that you don't have a step up. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's kind of, you know, the position she was in. 
Um, he didn't really have any male role models in his life, but he was raised by his, uh, like his grandma and his aunts, just his female family members. Um, he believed anyone who would harm or sexually abuse someone weaker than themselves was immoral. And we'll see that in his crimes later. Like, it was a big deal to him. Like I said, didn't want to work hurt any women, children, swearheads. Mm -hmm. And I feel like part of that probably is just because of who raised him. Like, he saw how hard life probably was, and mm -hmm. he's like, that's not cool, you know? Oh, that's good. I'm I mean, sure it was formative. Some morals in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. He had a code. <laughs> well, even, like, mafiosos, they have a certain code to follow. I mean, I'm not mm -hmm. saying that they didn't not harm women and children, but they also had, like, you know, an organized gangster. Well, it wasn't just, like, a gangster, an organized crime gangster. They have, like, a code or family honor that they have to follow. So I think that's really cool that whatever gang he was in. Yeah. Or if it was the own, his own. He wasn't really in a gang. Okay. This was just, so the he ran the like, streets. Okay, basically. so he was, he was the beginning. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah he wasn't part of, like, a crime family or anything. It seems like it was a little different in Australia. And basic organized crime rules, like, it's not in ideology spreading thing it's only for money and power mm -hmm. and so he was still like organized crime rules he still ran that way mm -hmm. but he wasn't part of like a crime Eventual. family okay. a crime community well he was part of the community because the whole neighborhood was just crazy um yeah so i mean he had kind of the same thing he had criminals mm -hmm. that he was like buddies with and he ran with mm -hmm. it just wasn't say like uh, the five families in new york it yeah. wasn't he didn't work for the office yeah you know? <laughs> um so Chow went to school till he was eight years old, and then he said, bye. That's all he needed. <laughs> yeah. um, when he was 12, I only saw this in one source, but I think I also heard it in the interview. But his dad um, had served in World War II, and, like, it broke him, it sounds mm -hmm. like. So whenever Chow was 12, his dad came back, mm -hmm. and um, he was, I mean, he was traumatized. He was, back then they called it shell shock yeah. instead of, like, PTSD or anything. He yeah. was suffering really bad from that, and he ended up um, being committed permanently to an insane asylum. Yeah. I hate that terminology, yeah. but that is, you know, I guess what it was called. But he got committed for for life because mm -hmm. he was just, I mean, he was broken after that, yeah. which makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's a horrible, horrible war to go through. World War Two, especially World War One. Did I say World War Two, or did I just say back in the war? I, did, I think you just said back in the war. Okay. Came <laughs> home from World War One. <laughs> Oh, well. So, he already had kind of limited supervision, but especially when his dad came back and didn't actually come back, mm -hmm. he didn't have any supervision. So, he just kind of ran the streets as an adolescent. Um, by the time he had turned 18, he had been in and out of boys' homes, reformatories, for all kinds of little petty crimes, you know? And he just considered that, like, his criminal education. Like, he was going to crime college, basically. Crime college. <laughs> like, he learned new, better ways to mm. commit crime, which tends to happen, but I'm not going to jump on my soapbox this episode. <laughs> um. <laughs> Why is such a pretty soapbox? <laughs> he did marry his childhood sweetheart. Oh, cute. Yes. Um, and her name was Gladys, Gladys Muriel King. However, she went by Topsy. Oh, like a true gangster name. A cute like, little girl. <laughs> yes. Um, they got married December 23rd, 1932. They had three sons and a daughter. And he made damn sure to keep his family out of his shenanigans. She was a squarehead through and through. He didn't tell her what he was doing. Oh. He didn't involve her in what he was doing because she was queen. He wasn't going to do that. Yeah. Like, that's his topsy, and he loves her. Like, he would do anything for his topsy. That sounds so cute. I know, Am I going to love this guy? <laughs> like, Probably not, oh. but, <laughs> but things like that. Like, he does have redeeming qualities, mm. but, <laughs> you know, there's also all the bad stuff. Yeah, he, he didn't involve her. He, I mean, he was out all hours of the night. He was gone all night, you know, just engaging in criminal activity, <laughs> doing what he did. He would go in and out of jail. Usually it was just for, like, misdemeanor crimes. So it was, like, mm -hmm. three months here, six months there, a year here. Where did she not know? Um, surely she know, knew about the jailings, right? Yeah, I, okay. she would have to. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm going on a business trip. Bye. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm calling from the So, she, like, like, she had to know something was going yeah. on. But, yeah. <laughs> Poor Topsy. Yeah. Um, he did really well. Like, he made a really big name for himself as a criminal. 
he always made sure to be more violent, tougher, scarier than the next guy. Mm. Um, even like when he would go to jail, you know, knock the biggest guy out, yeah. type attitude. <laughs> like he, I am the biggest guy. Yeah. Knock himself out. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a sight to see. <laughs> I mean, he only went to school till he was eight. Yeah. Like he didn't have a lot of formal education. I think he worked when he was like locked up. I'm sure they had them do things, mm. but he just extorted people and yes. stuff. Like he was his bester. <laughs> yeah. Um, he stayed, you know, in and out of jail and all that, but he always, like, as soon as he got back on the street, he reasserted himself. He was alpha dog again. He was back on top. And one of the ways he did this was by always bringing a gun to a knife fight. Always. Okay. So the Razor Gangs of the city who, they, like, they were running shit, dude. So what is a Razor Gang? Okay, so... The reason I feel like you've heard of this is because I've said over and over how much I love the Peaky Blinders, that show yeah, with Cillian Murphy. Yeah, I've not watched it. I love him. Yeah. Well, that's where I first saw this at, mm-hmm. because they sew the razors into their caps and knock out their eyes. No. Mm-hmm. What? So, yeah. like, they're baseball caps? Well, or they're like not a... baseball caps, but um, yes, they're caps. <laughs> <laughs> they're hats. Yes. Okay. 1920s, Dana. Okay, 1920s hat. Okay. And then they put razors, and they just throw it at them? I mean, yeah, or do they cut them? Around, them? cut them, you know, glass goes in, oh, okay. like, the eyes, okay. all okay. that type of stuff. Because um, from what I was reading, like, there was a lot in Australia, but Glasgow was the other place for mm. most of the razor gang. Um, yeah, I love Cillian Murphy. I love Peaky Blinders. I'm dying because I need the next season. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the real razor gangs, like, they were a thing in the 20s and 30s in Sydney. So in Sydney, where Chow was operating... The two, like, biggest ones were run by women. The two biggest oh. Razor Gangs. It was uh, Tilly Devine and Kate Lee, and they would be really cool to talk about all on their own. Mm-hmm. But, um, they, you know, they were both ladies heading Razor Gangs. <laughs> and the Razor Gangs were became a thing because of a bunch of laws that were actually supposed to stop crime. They put laws in place about prostitution and vagrancy so you couldn't just be out on the streets. Mm-hmm. They said it was illegal to drink in a pub after 6 p.m., they said you couldn't buy cocaine in your mouth. That was a big thing. <laughs> Lots of cocaine use. It was in everything. It was yeah. medicine. You know, yeah. you could just walk into the pharmacy and be like, give me some cocaine, my guy. <laughs> yeah. I need some cocaine, please. Yes. So they banned that. Mm-hmm. People didn't like that. They couldn't go drink after 6 p.m. Like, <laughs> dicks, right? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things that brought up the actual Razor Gangs, though, was the... Pistol Licensing Act of 1927, Mm. which imposed really heavy fines and all that. Um, I think you could be jailed for a year or something Mm. if you were caught with a gun. Chow gave zero fucks. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't the case for most people, though. Mm. Like, that's why they started carrying the razors, because you could just, I mean, you could just have it and slice somebody up. That's scary, right? And then if you got pulled over by the cops, you'd be like, I just bought this. I was going home for a shave. Mm -hmm. Because they're really cheap, you know? Yeah easy weapon honestly yeah and i mean they they wrought havoc all over sydney and are they like you know you said they hide the razors in their hats or something like that but do they also just have like a a straight razor most of the ones in sydney were just straight razors the peaky blinders which i mean it's a dramatized version a fictional story but they had like the the little ones Mm -hmm. you know and like they were just like sewn in their toy you couldn't tell because it's a little Oh, I can never remember what they're called. I just call them a cap because I can't remember the name. Bowler hat? No. Okay. Like, it's a, it's a cap. Like, you just Oh, um, like on. a, not beret. Not like, a beret, but yes, it, the, that, it, that style of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, they would wear What is it called? I know. You, yeah. Like, you know it, but you don't know what no it's called. I have no idea, called. though. Well, if we ever get some fans, maybe y'all can let us know. <laughs> We'd really appreciate it. <laughs> Help us. We're dumb. Um, we're dumb. <laughs> Uh, I had to text at Caper because where's my lip? It was we got lost trying to find our next class. I'm like, help us, we're stupid. I always text my sister. I'm like, help me, I'm poor. Yeah, I need your help. Okay. So in Sydney's Kings Cross area, neighborhood street, when the Razor Gangs were in full operation, they ran like the prostitution ring. They ran the bootlegging. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yes. 
the Razor Gangs were running shit and all that, but they really didn't fuck with Chow because, like I said, he, um, and if they tried to fuck with him, you know, he just put his, the barrel of his forty-five against their temple and yeah. threatened to kill them. Yeah. Not fair, sir. <laughs> he was scary. Like, mm-hmm. he, he scared people. And, I mean, he, he was out committing crimes and all that and mixing with bad people, mm-hmm. but he was super fucking tough. There was this one time in February of 1939 where he got shot in the fucking chest, apparently. Ow. And, um, like, like, does it say I don't where? Know where, but, like, like, he was fine, Ow. obviously, but he <laughs> got shot in the chest after an altercation. Um, it seems like the cops, like, came and got him and took him to the hospital, and he was scheduled to have surgery. Like, they were about to have surgery on this kid. But he wasn't about to be questioned by the cops. So while he was like momentarily unattended, he bounced Ugh. with with the bullet still in him and everything. Oh said, Bye. I wonder how bad it was. I mean, he was fine. He lived for quite a while. So oh, okay. So it wasn't the bullet that did it. It wasn't the bullet. <laughs> that one. And I mean, that just grew his reputation. Mm-hmm. It's like this guy's a badass. Yeah. Um. So far as this like real crimes. This one just kind of made me laugh because it's like it's this big scary dude in like who goes around putting his gun to people's heads and all that people's heads. <laughs> um, in January of 1939, so a month before he got shot in the chest, he walks into like this little hamburger joint or whatever, wants to order, and they're like, "We're not gonna fucking serve you, my guy. No, not happening. You big scary criminal man, <laughs> you get out of here." And I'm sure it had something to do with the fact that you know he extorted local businesses yeah, and okay made them give him money and see i think i would be more inclined to give him food so that he would quit (laughs) or at least help you know be part of the help well that might have saved him from some burns Mm -hmm. because chow poured coffee like threw coffee on this guy so he can pretend it wasn't him he got fined five pounds which he got fined five pounds i don't know how much that was i guess back in 1939 but i'm just saying Hmm. how much is five pounds normally i don't know that sounds like math and conversion yeah. that I yeah, <laughs> I do have. I don't do math. Math is dumb. But stay in school. Yes. <laughs> do what you want, I guess. <laughs> Live your life. <laughs> yes. Bigger crime. We're going to take a big leap here to the next thing. He killed a fellow criminal named Eddie Wayman. Wyman? I assume Wayman. And that was in 1945. So now we have actual, like, murder, on-the-books murder. Mm-hmm. So they were beefing, they were after each other. So it was because, I guess, Chow shot one of women's dudes. Like, you know, mm-hmm. street law. Like, yeah. you killed mine, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. It's just how it's going to go. One of his homies. So, yeah, so Chow knew it was on site. Like, yeah. he knew it was on site. If yeah. sees him, he's dead. He, <laughs> he knows this. And um, what he did, I wouldn't consider honorable. Which is kind of sad because, you know, earlier we are talking about, like, he has his code of ethics mm-hmm. and all that. Well, what he did was climb up a fire escape into where women was, like, asleep and shot him and killed him. While he was sleeping. Yes, while he was sleeping. So he just probably nipped this in the bud. Yeah, he shot him, like, five times in the head, I believe. And so, like, yeah. It's a little excessive. (laughs) Homie died. (laughs) He was not alive anymore. Um, But, I mean, it was smart. It was not honorable at all, but it was smart because got him first. He got out of there. And he wasn't caught when it happened. There weren't any witnesses, which, mm. I mean, he climbed up a fire escape and killed the guy, so yeah. that makes sense. But we'll see that him not having any witnesses is kind of, like, a thing. Like, oh, okay. Is it because he killed the witnesses? I don't think he has to. Oh, they just don't say yeah. anything. Like, one example... Because he's going to kill them if he did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one example is he did shoot a dude and kill him like right in front of like a newspaper stand or something like mm-hmm. that like you know and dude's just selling his selling his wares on the street <laughs> <laughs> and so chow comes up and gets out of the car and like kills this guy and then he gets back in his car and like they drive off and the the dude working there's just like ah! <laughs> like terrified you yeah, know what would you do exactly well he sees the car turn around and come back and so i'm sure he was like i'm dead I'm dead, I'm deceased, I'm not alive anymore. Yeah. Well, Chow gets out and he hands him $20 and he said, here, that's for your bad eyesight. Oh. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what would you do, though, honestly? I mean, if he came back and gave me money and said that to me, 
I would not be able to give my statement because, <laughs> like, not only did he, you know, in a way ask me to not say anything or tell me not mm-hmm. to say anything, and he just shot someone, and he also gave me money and gave me my bad eyesight. And then if I were not to play along, mm-hmm. he would make sure I didn't have any eyesight at all. This and then, is a very good point. So, like, for me in that position, like, I can know for, for not necessarily a fact, but definitely for a good, like, I, I would struggle with the decision and then make my decision not just to give my statement. <laughs> or be like, I didn't see anything. Yeah. Especially think mm-hmm. about back then, though, too, because mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to have witness protection. No, you're probably not going to have very much protection mm-hmm. at all because, as we'll hear later, like, there were lots of the cops and stuff that were hella corrupt. Mm-hmm. So you can't count on them to protect no. you. It's like, okay, so this known murderer who I know will kill me, not only did he make a really fucking funny joke, yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Like, Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Yes, he didn't kill me, and he's basically giving me money saying, I'm not going to kill you. Just shut up, you know? Yeah. Gonna be fucking scary, dude. <laughs> so, clearly, Okay, so people were obviously scared of this guy. They weren't about to chant speaking up, just like we wouldn't in that situation in that time period. Mm-hmm. But um, the whole no witness thing is most evident in the killing of Bobby Lee. This was like the biggest thing, mm-hmm. and it's because of like how it happened. There was no denying it happened. Um, he, he's. I mean, this is his most famous murder. It was in 1951. Um, Bobby Lee was a former boxer. They were beefing or whatever, because, you know, that's what criminals do. <laughs> like, we don't like each other, so we're going to fight and kill each other's men and blah, 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 whatever. Well, Lee killed Chow's nephew thinking it was Chow. Like, shot and killed him. Aww. Yeah, which is bad enough. Um, I think that his nephew also, like, wasn't in the criminal underworld either. So mm. I think that made it worse. Yeah. Because, you know, like, that was his whole code. It's like, you mm. don't kill people who are not involved in all this. There's yeah. no reason, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, his nephew got murdered. And obviously, you know, Chow's not going to be cool with that. So one night, he hears that Bobby Lee's getting litty at the Ziegfeld Club on King Street. Getting litty? Lit? Is that what you're saying? Or is it with Liddy? It's, it's the same thing. Are you... Okay. <laughs> I thought you were Are like... you 70? No, like... <laughs> I thought like you're like Liddy and I was like, is that like a 20s term? And I was like, are you saying lit? But Liddy titty? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm just rhyming now, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't register, sorry. <laughs> Okay. He was getting lit, apparently. <laughs> so, so he hears that Bobby Lee was getting lit at the Ziegfeld Club in King Street. And so he's like, okay, well, we're going to go take care of this shit. So he calls up his bro, William Joy Hollowbone, and he's like, hey, we're going to go to the Ziegfeld Club and we're going to take care of this shit. Well, I guess uh, Hollowbone and his wife have been having some, like, issues. And whenever she heard what he was doing, she's like, no, no, no going out with me what is this like we're we're fixing this you're not just gonna like go away and go out mm-hmm. and so he couldn't tell her what he was doing yeah so she went and they went to go pick up chow and when chow's wife topsy the beautiful lovely miss topsy uh-huh. when she sees hollowbone and his wife in the car she's like fuck this i'm coming too <laughs> what are y'all trying to do no. going out without me you can't do that mm-hmm. that's just rude right and so they went too, and they had to take them because they couldn't say what they were doing. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they were having to think, okay, well, we'll just have to find a way to do this secret. We'll have to kind of, like, blow them off when they go to the bathroom or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they planned on doing. Like, you're going to murder somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't know, man. But, yeah, they, they get there, and they're, like, partying and stuff, and they finally, just in the middle of the club, and Chow told Hollowbone, he's like, get the women out of here get them out we're doing it right now i guess and he walks up to lee and lee's basically talking him like you're not gonna do shit in front of all these people why are you messing with me he didn't know chow very well apparently Mm -hmm. he shot him (laughs) an excessive amount of times (laughs) (laughs) he was very dead shot him with his 45 in the club Mm -hmm. in front of and like 80 people like he just like boom you're dead and then he like ran off into hiding Um, it's probably like not like a rave raver going on so it's 
oh, probably a, a dimly lit club, like I'm a sure, separate club maybe, or like a dance club. It, like, it you... sounds. It was a drag club. Oh, actually, drag club. from okay. what I heard, but I didn't find that information in a bunch of places, so okay. I wasn't gonna like make. I'm a just big saying, deal like as it. far as a witness wise, like you know how good your visibility was there because you didn't have that many twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough twenties to go around, mm-hmm. man. No, um. I think it was in that interview I heard. I don't know, but it was like a drag club or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there's there's lots of people, and they're yeah. all getting trashed. Yeah. It's like just partying. They're all having a good time. And, yeah, there's a lot of people around. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, were that many people around? Yes. Was there a single witness? <laughs> nope. <laughs> so no witnesses means no testimony. Mm-hmm. The you know, the cops are having a really, really hard time getting anything. Um, apparently, the prosecution failed. Like, it led to two mistrials mm-hmm. because they weren't able to get witness testimony. Um, Detective Ray Kelly was the one that was after him, and he was, like, super corrupt and a murderer himself. Apparently, he's, like, a famous corrupt cop. Oh. So, I'm going to look into him later, but, you know, this isn't his story. Yeah. <laughs> And eventually, you know, Chow did have to, like, officially face trial. And it was only because Kelly threatened Topsy. Because they weren't able to get any, you know, witnesses to come forward at Mm -hmm. all about any of this stuff. So Kelly changed tracks. And he said, well, you know, if you're not going to let us get you, then we're just going to charge Topsy as an accessory to murder before the fact. Because she was with them before, you know, Mm -hmm. in the club and all that. Yeah. So... Do you think he was about to let anything happen to Topsy? No. Fuck no. That's his Topsy, guys. <laughs> yeah, they, they threatened her with jail time, and so he turned himself in. So he's like, no, 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 no. You don't mess with my woman. <laughs> Obviously, he was extremely guilty. Yeah. Like, there's no us denying that. Yeah. He denied it. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, he was guilty. He was convicted thusly. And um, I looked at an old-ass newspaper article in um, the Sydney Morning Herald from Thursday, May 29th, 1952. And the writer was saying that Chow confessed the murders to Detective Sergeant Raymond Kelly, him, mm-hmm. bad guy, and Detective Abbott. And he was basically saying, yeah, I knew who killed my nephew, so obviously I was going to go for him. But Chow denied this mm-hmm. at trial. Like, it was a big deal for him, actually. He was, like, yelling at him and stuff. And, um... He was saying it was a stranger that came up and shot him and all that. And at trial, whenever the judge asked if he had anything else to say, what he had to say was that he hoped to live long enough to see the day that Kelly and Abbott died of cancer of the tongue. Basically saying, you're speaking lies about me and I hope you die for it. Which I don't think it was lies necessarily. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe they were making up that he confessed it. But either way, like... You killed the guy, <laughs> my friend. Maybe that's why, like, if he, they were saying that he did confess, and then he's like, I did not confess. I just turned myself in, and you're sitting here telling yeah. me I'm, I did what? He's like, because that, probably to him, that's like maybe looking weak. Because yeah, dude, he can, that's a like, he point, broke though. under pressure. So he's like, no, yeah. no, I did not. I turned myself willingly just to get my wife off, but I'm not going to sit here and let you tell them. I confessed something. I gave. I I ratted myself out. Basically, yeah. there's no way. That's a good point because he did have that whole like code of honor. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to sit there and be like, "Yeah, I admitted to that." Yeah. Or whatever. No, you don't. Because then do people that. would start thinking and, and thinking he's weak, and then mm-hmm. there goes his power over people. Exactly. So whenever he was convicted and sentenced and all that, they sat there and listed off like 90 of his prior crimes, starting Ooh. in 1928. 90. <laughs> That's too many. It's so many, but. Like I said earlier, most were more, like, when he was younger, anyway. Yeah. It was smaller stuff. It said things like riotous behavior <laughs> and, you know, theft. Mm-hmm. I believe there was a few for, like, beating up a cop. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, he, he ended up with more serious charges later. Mm-hmm. And it was things like armed robbery, um, assault, bodily harm. I don't think he was ever, you know, tried for murder when he should have been. Mm-hmm. Many times. Yeah. Until, you know, Lee's case. Yeah. But hella crimes. Mm-hmm. A very, very big criminal record. Whenever he was convicted, he was sentenced to be hanged. But in 1956, <laughs> New South Wales got rid of the death penalty. Mm. So he, you know, he escaped <laughs> that. And it was commuted to a life sentence 
However, I was very confused. I'm going to be honest because I looked into so many different things, looked up so many different like specific aspects and the dates on a bunch of this stuff, like even stuff I've already read through. Mm-hmm so way off of each other like within like a few years there's even one thing that said that his mugshot said he was born in 1912 instead of 1911 and when i looked at it it said something about april or may or something like nowhere near whenever everything else said his birthday was yeah so i'm very confused about a few of these things um about him going into prison out of prison this that and the other all i know for sure is that for lee's murder he was sentenced to be hanged, but he wasn't because they got rid of the death penalty. Mm-hmm. But like I said, they said a life sentence, <clears throat> but he got back out. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know if it was just a specific life sentence, but while he was in prison, he was he was still viewed as special. Mm-hmm. They still like yeah. revered this criminal mastermind, yeah. genius extraordinaire dude. Um, he got special treatment. He had an illegal radio in his cell. He ran a bookie business. Um, What else did he do? Oh, he had a special lock on his cell door so the wardens couldn't come search his cell while he was in, like, the woodworking shop or whatever during the day. Uh, Like, (laughs) he just got to keep his shit. (laughs) And I guess he would, like, pay back the guards by, like, protecting them and everything, you know. Yeah, he had his, you know, or giving them money from the booking business, (laughs) too. Very possible. I, like I said, booking, bookie, bookie, bookie. yeah. Um, <laughs> there, there had to be some reciprocity there somewhere, but either way, like he lived a cushy ass life so far as prison is concerned. Yeah. And when when he did get out, even though most of the dates were conflicting, it looks like he got out in 1969, and he he didn't have any other skills. Mm-hmm. Like he got back out, and he's older now, obviously. Yeah. And what's he going to do? He's not nearly as intimidating. He already wasn't a big guy. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of wiry. He was just brutal. You know, yeah. like, he didn't have to be big because he was smart and scary about everything. But he quit school at eight, and then he'd been in and out of, like, jails and stuff his whole life. Mm-hmm. He didn't know how to do anything. Other than that. Yeah. Which is still a problem. I said I wasn't going to get up on my soapbox, but here we are. <laughs> so... <laughs> Mass incarceration is dumb as fuck. Um, sending people, um, sending people to prison for nonviolent offenses for like stupid amounts of time mm-hmm. just makes the problem worse. There's there's no reason. That's people who yeah. have completely taken forever out of the workforce because mm-hmm. no one's gonna hire them later. Yeah, you know, socialized to be more criminal, just like old Chow was, mm-hmm. and it's like it's just a shame. You yeah, know, it's a repeating cycle of it insanity is. over and over again. They're never going to – correctional facilities, when they don't correct anything, they just let it continue on and then let them go. They, yeah. They don't correct anything. No, and there will always be a need mm-hmm. to, you know, to have prisons. There's always going to be some people that need to be in prisons. But the way things currently are definitely needs to change because mm-hmm. it could be different. Yeah. And that's – I mean, that's all I really have to say on the matter at the moment, but – Chow, it was the same way. It was his own personal decisions, obviously. He started in a life of poverty, in a life of, you know, disadvantage and all that. And he decided the way he was going to take that. That was his choice to be a criminal, to live his life the way he did. And no one else can be blamed for that. Mm -hmm. And I fully recognize that. But he did end up, you know, an adult Mm -hmm. with no skills besides extorting people. Yeah. And so whenever he got out, even though he's older, like, that's all he tried to do. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't take orders from these young guns and all that because this was more, you know, like, 50s, 60s, all that. It's a new breed of gangster that's come up. Like, mm-hmm. street crime's a little bit different. Everything's yeah. always evolving. They're not, they're not only – they're bringing more than razors to the fight now. Definitely. <laughs> There's, you know – Someone's always got a bigger gun. Always. There's different trades. There's different power structures mm-hmm. and all that. And – He's not at the top anymore. Mm-hmm. He's still the same person he's always been. But, I mean, you're older now. Yeah. And you have to kind of bow to the younger ones who are actually running shit. Because you're not anymore, bro. Like, yeah. your, your time is kind of over. He couldn't do that. Yeah. Like, he just couldn't. Um, he couldn't take orders. He couldn't show any restraint. Like, he was used to the days you could just go up and knock someone's head in and give someone $20. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was still used to that. And so he saw 
some dude in a bar who jacked the barmaid's tip. And as you know how he feels. I just got real offended that he took her tip. I was like, what a bitch. (laughs) No, that's a bitch move. I feel like I get murdered. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, it was a bitch move. And so Chow went after him. Um, He, I think he he didn't kill him. He just hurt him. Mm -hmm. But it did send him back to prison (laughs) for five years. Because, I mean, you can't, (laughs) you can't harm people for doing things like that. Mm -hmm. Was it okay? Not even a little bit. Like, he kind of deserved to have his ass beat, let's yeah. be honest. You, you good, don't get to Good stern talking to. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, some people just need to be punched in the mouth to understand that their behavior is not acceptable. However, as a civilized society, that's kind of against the rules. Mm-hmm. That's really not how we're supposed to behave. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Well, Chow was very whatever about yeah. that. Like, okay, so I'm going <laughs> to kick this guy's ass, yeah. man. I'm going to say he probably had to hurt him pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Plus, you know, you've already been out. Mm-hmm. We know you killed a guy. So we're going to send you back. Mm-hmm. You can go hang out in jail for another five years. They let him back out. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that. And this is why I say again that it was very confusing because there was different dates on different sources. And one of them said that he was in prison for 20 years. One said something different. Mm-hmm. All I know is it would appear that he was his like final release was because he had terminal lung cancer mm. he was older terminal lung cancer yeah i mean he's gonna die either way and they let him go and um his final release i guess was in 1977 and he's old and has cancer yeah. and he i mean he couldn't do any of what he used to do even if he, he wanted and mm. like he's old now he's born 1911 it's 1977 mm. how old is that like 66 years old okay 77 my son. Yeah, 66 years old. <laughs> I don't know. Once again, uh, we do hair, we don't do math. We do math. When he got out, I guess he, he finally cleaned up his act, kind of, because he didn't ever really get in trouble again. Yeah. He just lived in a little apartment in some place and just was. Oh. He didn't, you yeah. know. Just giving up to rotting out the rest of your life, basically. Yeah, bas- <laughs> basically, actually. He died May 7th, 1993 in Sydney. So. Oh, that's insane it was not yeah. very long um, it's like 70s, 82 right in the 70s he was 60 something yeah so it's gotta be 82 I think right <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure? so why do you have these written down already <laughs> I didn't do the math <laughs> I just wrote the dates and whenever he did die let's see yeah he died May 7th 1993 in Sydney okay so he was cremated and his ashes were interred in Topsy's grave Aww. And I think one of his kids was still alive, Aww. one or two, but like, yeah. you know, he grandkids and stuff like that. Yeah, but he, you know, he was cremated, wasn't buried, but he was interred where Topsy was buried. Oh, that's good. So they, they got to be together again, him <laughs> and his precious Topsy. Okay, so like, not even low key, like, I liked this guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, and I don't, other than that, Bob, that the, the guy he did kill, the Bobby Bob, Lee, the, that was caught, like, now, he did kill his nephew on accidente, thinking it was him, because mm-hmm. they were beefing. So he was asking for it, but he wasn't was he, he wasn't really a gangster or anything. He was just a boxer. It seems like he was like he was affiliated Probably with in, crime, in in, but it was just like a different faction. And so I feel the same way, because it's one of those, like, a lovable criminal, mm-hmm. where they're still a horrible, horrible person. If it's someone we knew, like, today, we'd be like, oh, wow, you're a monster. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the time that has removed yeah. it, and, like, it's kind of a romanticized <clears throat> era. Okay, so I have something wrong with me, like... When it comes to criminals and junk, like, um, you know, like, would not sense. Yeah. You know, like, you love them because... You do. When they're, you know, hot Irish dudes, but... I mean, <laughs> that is part of it. But, I mean, but you, you like them because they're killing bad guys, and mm-hmm. then, you, you know, there's that slipper slope, like, who's to judge type of thing. And then, um, so then I have, like, I've noticed that I have this, like, weird weakness, not weakness, but, like, fondness uh-huh. of somebody who is a killer you know they i'm not saying that like like the serial killers that have had a bad life and like raping you know all this other stuff raped and pillaged type of thing but i do have like say like um i was listening to morbid uh-huh. and they did this deal of a carl i can't remember his last name but he's like this kid did not have a shot yeah <laughs> he died when he was 30 something and like he went from all over the all over the world basically and from or, birth and i was like i felt so bad for him the yeah. whole time that i was like do i hate him for his stuff like that he did like he did really bad things mm-hmm. but like 
I feel still still feel so bad for him. I was like, yeah. he could not. It just didn't have a chance. So that I, I have a. I think that's weird. To- I don't think so. I think it's fair <clears throat> because as people and just having compassion, you know what can result in it because mm-hmm. that's what that's the only reason we hear yeah. these stories is because it resulted in something bad. But you don't want anyone to have to go through things like that, and because it makes it not relatable necessarily, mm-hmm. but understandable why they turn to what they've turned to it doesn't mm-hmm. make it okay but it makes it i don't know it makes them more human and mm-hmm. it makes you feel yeah. for them feels like i'm i'm a gemini i'm not saying like all gemini's are like this but like i see two sides of everything yeah. and like i legit see the good in like the most evilest person i've ever yeah. <laughs> like it could be like the most demonic person you could think of and i still find a little good in it and i hope for goodness in them and it's probably it's like a flaw of mine <laughs> no i like that but um be careful and yeah mm. i can see that being yeah. a flaw you yeah. know what I'm yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i love that about you that you want to find the good in people mm. because too often people don't give a fuck about that yeah like they're just gonna judge somebody off mm-hmm. of whatever mm-hmm. you know instead of trying to find any of the good and leads to bad things yeah. you know we need people to love each other a little more yeah the only way i guess the only way to combat it would to make sure that you have and like i usually i'm a very good judge of character and person but like if you get too attached to that person you know like you get a little you know yeah i've had a lot of people burn me in the past of being like you know i'm completely 100 percent with them and you know i can see what type of person you are but then you, you know take advantage type of thing but like so it is it's like i said it is a flaw and a virtue I guess, yeah. or that I have, and so I wor- I worried about it, like, because I think about it too hard, and I'm like, I'm really into, you know, serial killers and stuff like that, but I'm always seeing, like, the good side of it, or, like, of this person, like, I just feel so bad for them. Mm-hmm. Not bad for what they did to the other people, just, you know, it's not an excuse to do that. But then at the same time, I'm just like, this just didn't have a chance. <laughs> so, I, like, I thought it was weird that I did, um, or maybe that's just what I am. I don't know. Are you also a serial killer, and you're just sympathizing? empathizing more so remember what we talked about um last week when i asked <coughs> yep. if i was if i was gonna be a serial killer i think about it sometimes <laughs> just kidding <laughs> i mean i do all the time you heard it here first, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> i got 20 dollar bills with your names on it <laughs> your ears didn't work the yeah <laughs> this isn't you know virtually <laughs> recorded or anything here. digitally not virtually digitally like the way my brain thinks the other day um, but could you see like if you were in serial killer brain mode not a serial killer brain mode but like you know what <laughs> yes i did like how your little crime brain worked it kind of mm-hmm. made me laugh yeah we had just got done watching like casey anthony and then like it, something smart amanda smart amanda smart oh. not elizabeth but, um, I, I was about to say short, elizabeth short and i was like that's not yeah. smart also when okay you were bad at grammar right or i am at least um when you say hanged, it's hanged. Yes, it's past hanged. Tense, but not hung. Hung is like I hung the wreath up. Hanged is you killed somebody by snapping okay, their so neck I just with a rope. Okay, changed it for to match the the, the action. Yeah, like okay. it's it's a different it's a whole different thing. <clears throat> okay, because I was like that guy hung over there. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that would be placing him upon yeah. a little a little hook or something. Mm-hmm. You could hung him up. Oh no, no. Okay, so like on that note of feeling bad for him. I know we were talking about it last week, but, like, um, when I asked you if <coughs> found out, like, say y'all were together for the amount of time y'all have been together, mm-hmm. and he found out that this whole time you are, were, or are, is, <laughs> <laughs> and not good at stuff, um, I'm trying to think of a hypothetical mm-hmm. term. <laughs> so, the question you posed yeah. was, if my husband found out i was a serial killer would he stay mm-hmm. and knowing my wonderful generous husband i was like yeah i think he would and then i asked him <laughs> <laughs> and this guy had the nerve to say it depends <laughs> oh see i asked him the same mm-hmm. and didn't didn't even hesitate 
he said no <laughs> and I was like why <laughs> and I was really I was real salty about it he was yeah. like as if it were the other way around I tried to make it a little easier for him by saying mm-hmm. you know, like say I was a serial killer of like bad guys like I killed bad guys not you know like a, you know serial rapist or whatever you want to call it. whatever kind of bad guy you think say I was being my own little vin- he said well that's a vigilante not a serial killer I was like okay I was like, but splitting hairs. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, but it's technically you're killing someone, a large amount of people. I'm dextering it up. Yeah, I'm hoping I get a lot, of, you know, body yeah. count. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I, I told him, I said, gave him that option, and then he was still like, um, he said, uh, he said, I don't know. He's like, I, I don't think I would be. He's like, but I was like, well, then you'd be my next victim then. <laughs> and he said, yeah, so I'd probably still stay with you. And yeah. I was like, but if it was the other way around. That was what he was killing the bad guys. I would stay with him still and then just tell him to quit. And then, like, if he got caught by the cops, I would just pretend like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, and Topsy. He would, exactly. He would have to protect you because mm-hmm. Topsy. Yeah. Because <laughs> Topsy. Cause she, she didn't know shit. So, putting it that way, though, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder did she know? Yeah. Which I don't know because he really did have I that mean, code she's... and he was like, this yeah. really isn't cool and I want her out of it. Mm-hmm. And so. Once again, kind of that lovable criminal thing. I want to believe him, and I want to believe her, but I wonder. I wonder. Like, I I think my brain probably thinks about, like, 99.9% of it really thinks she didn't know what was going on. But as far as involvement of her, you know, he didn't have any involvement. So she just knew that he was doing some things, and he was doing bad things. I think so, too, because he was such a notorious criminal around Mm -hmm. there. Like, she had... There's no way. She had to know. know, Yeah. But she, I guess... The easiest way to think about it is she probably didn't know the specifics mm-hmm. of any of it. Yeah, like she just wanted to take care of her kids, you know, and take care of their life. You know, let, let a dad mm-hmm. do whatever. And then she's like, because it's not like those times at the beginning, you know, it's not like they really divorced a lot then yeah. either. So. And you want to go to hell? That's how you <laughs> go to hell, Dana. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you but want Dana? What was, uh, so it would be the same thing like if <coughs> was, or your husband was. Mm-hmm. He said, it depends. Will you kill me if I leave? And I was like, well, I will now. But <laughs> just kidding. I wouldn't kill him. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't be a serial killer, though. No. But he said it's fine if I was killing bad guys and all that. Mm. Oh, yeah. I feel like, though, if I was in Topsy's position, and this is probably wholly just from watching, like, movies and TV shows and stuff where you do connect with these bad guys because they are so lovable and all that. But I'm always like, yeah, I could roll with that. <laughs> so it puts that whole moral dilemma in perspective yeah. because if it really happened, could I really? Could you? Like, could I be a mob boss wife? Because I don't think I probably could because the idea of like justice is like a whole big thing for me, yeah. you know? And like, ooh, I don't know. But I guess that's the weird coin on my side because I like, I'm, I am about justice, but I'm also about revenge too. The whole thing on justice, I wanted them to have that. There's also the him not having a chance thing that we were talking about. And, like, that's so fascinating to me because it's like, why? What happened in your little brain and what's really going on that made you that way? And can we figure it out and fix it for other people before they end up being a chow haze and just killing people? (laughs) Talking about the trying to get out of that life and, you know, not having a chance. Yeah, and because you're raising and all that, some have little illness and yeah. That's what I was trying to explain to Kate the other night about. I can't remember. Just because you have a head injury doesn't make you a serial killer. It's like that's not what no. I'm saying. However, yeah. the amount of you know, I don't. I had to serial look killers with the yeah. like CTE. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to. Do, I was like, I was like, I'm not saying every serial killer or every killer, but has that it had a brain injury not just that you know hit their head it was like but a, an actual brain injury a lot majority of them did and that's why i told him so i had to like pull it up because he always has to have facts and i was like yeah. oh, i've read it somewhere <laughs> so then i pulled it up and then had to show him you know because like in this case he didn't have a head injury he just had a bad start in life yeah and then just stayed on that path so i was like you know that's why i think like too like you can still have a brain injury but if you had the you know the proper medical help or you know psych- psychiatric help or whatever you needed you wouldn't be you wouldn't stay on that path 
It's whenever you have predispositions, whether that's biologically, psychologically, mm-hmm. even environmental. You have predispositions and they're exacerbated by other things. Yeah. That's when you need to worry. And then there's always going to be the outliers that it just happens just because it fucking happened, bro. Yeah. But, like, with Chow, like, his <clears throat> environment was not great. Yeah. His education and all that, like, j- it just wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And he made bad choices. Mm-hmm. Those were his choices. Yeah. His stuff that he chose to do. And everyone has to make choices. Mm-hmm. Like, your choices are com- going to come into effect. It just sucks sometimes because people do have such a bad start that mm-hmm. it's hard to for them to see a way mm-hmm. to make different choices. Yeah. yeah. Like, if that's normal to you, that's normal to you. Yeah. That's what I was trying to explain to him, too. I was like, it's like it. It's like they were the type of person that it is environmental. Like, you know, lived in a house of abuse and whatever. Grew up, you know, that way. And then, uh, you know, then becomes a serial killer and does basically the same abuse. And um, I was like, but that's what they were taught. That's how they mm-hmm. learned is a learned behavior versus a person that just picked up one day and just like, I had a great spoon fed life, silver spoon fed life, and now I'm just gonna start killing people. <laughs> you know, yeah. not because like I seen it, but I mean, in that case, it could have been a mental disability or you know, a, personality uh, disorder. Yeah, like, like uh, it's so it's a, yeah. It's like my brain it just wants to go in different directions. There's there's no real like re, you know, no real algorithm to figure out if this person's going to be there's not a serial killer there's really really there's similarities there are symptoms but it all depends on the person's person or person's (laughs) the person's choice Mm -hmm. for each moment in time and i think we just went on a tangent i don't even know where we're at now i don't either um okay so that's why john frederick chow hayes was strange and this has been when we're strange Thanks Thanks for being being strange strange with us. us. Bye. Get out of here. We would love to hear from y'all. If you have any requests, suggestions, or tales of when you're strange, please email us at strangepodcast2020 at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us and interact on our underloved socials. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and facebook using at strangepod2020 and you can also follow chris and dana on twitter and instagram dana is at ninja kicker 09 and chris is at chris is strange that's k-r-i-s is strange all one word interact tell your friends and tune in next week for more stories about when we're strange <laughs>